I'm Crystal. And I'm Sheena. And this is the Lifestyle of the Weird and Interesting Podcast. Conversations you won't find in Life's Handbook. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle of the Weird and Interesting Podcast. And this is episode 21. We are actually recording this one just a few days before it goes out, which is out of the ordinary for us. We're usually very far ahead. So everything that we're talking about in this episode is probably going to be a little bit more relevant than some of the past episodes. And today, what we're going to be talking about is happiness. How Mm -hmm. does that show up? What does that mean? How do we get there? Is there a getting there? All the things. So Uh, this is something that I find such an interesting concept because I don't strive for happiness. I strive for contentment. And I read about that a a long time ago, like years ago. And it makes a lot of sense because you can have like happy moments in your life, but they're not going to last forever. Like happiness is really temporary it's also not healthy to be happy all the time. Yeah. And I almost would say like, I don't personally think that happiness is like a destination that you arrive at per se. I think happiness is, it's like a balance between the things that we go through in life. Right. And mm-hmm. and I say that as someone who has gone through some pretty deep lows, mm-hmm. No, but also, sure. I know that in my in my human design chart, I have the gate of happiness, which is gate 58. And if you're familiar with this, it's in the root center. Mm-hmm. Um, and 58 is called the gate of joy. And with this, there is a little bit of what I would describe as a shadow side to it. It's not necessarily a shadow. It's just kind of something to look out for. But People who have this placement, like we really understand what our capacity for joy actually is. And when we are not achieving that, there is a tendency, and this is where that shadow kind of comes in, to feel a little bit bitter and then to constantly be seeking for ways to add more joy into our lives. It can be a difficult energy to carry. Yeah, I bet. And it's It's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I think... And it kind of goes back to like magic in the mundane, that episode that we recorded. Mm -hmm. You have to find ways to not dwell and you have to find ways to not spiral. So you have to look at your everyday tasks and find the joy in those little things. And I think those little moments over time build up to a life of contentment and eventually maybe like happiness. And I think there's also a difference between joy, contentment, and happiness. Like they're all different things, but you're gonna it's a roller coaster. Like you're gonna have your ups and your downs. But yeah, I think if you find those little things, you'll eventually find what makes you happy. Yeah, I think so. And I think that that's something that is kind of always evolving. It's it is. it's nebulous, yeah. right? Like it's always moving. There's not, which is why I say I don't think you ever re- truly arrive there. And it's interesting because recently I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about happiness. And I guess there are some studies that have recently in the last five years or so been published that show that happiness throughout our lifetime actually kind of has a U shape. So like in the beginning, we're much happier as children. 
Yeah. And then gradually, like it starts to pendulum swing down and throughout like your midlife, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, throughout that time period, um, the theory is that there is so much that we are striving toward mm -hmm. that that measurement of happiness becomes harder to attain, I think. And then mm -hmm. once you stop striving for that is when that U-shape kind of starts to come back up. So on the other side of, of you know, that middle section of life, mm -hmm. once you're retired and you're no longer trying to achieve and and go and do and be all the things in the world to people that starts to pick back up again and then you're joyful just for the sake of being joyful and so then mm -hmm. my question becomes like how do we tap into that more in that middle section of life oh. does it have to be a u-shape is it something that we have any kind of control over yeah that's a great question and i think i mean i really think it depends on your age and your life experiences Right. Yeah, like, I think so. Yeah. And again, like maybe in your early 20s, late teens, early 20s, mid 20s, you're trying to figure out life and how it works. And you could deal with so many things like heartbreak, rejection, losing a job, a death in the family, you know, things happen in everybody's lives that you're trying to navigate. And it doesn't need to be that early in age. It can happen at any point. But I right. feel like that is such a vulnerable age. It makes sense that you could kind of dip there. But then when you reach like your 30s and 40s, I feel like you're more established. Like you, you kind of, you learn things and maybe that's where it goes up. I don't know. I'm just talking. <laughs> no, it's okay. This is like, that's why I asked the question because it is something that, you know, now that we have an awareness of, we almost have a responsibility to, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, examine these things but i wonder too does that joy on the second side of life come from the conflict and challenges at those low moments in the middle right which is yeah. what i said earlier is that you know having those really deep dark lows that makes you appreciate those highs so much more so it's almost like again that analogy of like the pendulum swing if it starts in the center and it just swings a little bit back and forth like that's not a very big range of motion Right. But when it swings so drastically, like to one side and then back again, as someone who like is a survivor of trauma, I can tell you that my appreciation of joy is so much deeper because of that trauma. And and in a sense, that reflection almost gives me gratitude, mm -hmm. which sounds a little bit morbid, but <laughs> it's not. No. It makes total sense. And that's I've experienced that very recently where I feel so much gratitude and it's a great feeling but it also is like oh i'm having these really good moments and these really good times and they come to an end you know and it's like man i was really happy in that moment and it does like it does give you something to reflect back on and it is like it becomes a memory yeah and, and in that sense you don't ever lose it truly yeah but you kind of do right like because over time that capacity of joy in that moment becomes diminished because throughout all the other challenges of life your capacity for joy becomes much larger right that yeah it's a lot sense. to think about i think the next question is what is happiness what is the definition of happiness and i feel like it 
it's a very open-ended question. Yeah, I think so. And and maybe that's a really good place to engage with our listeners. You know, if you guys have something that you feel is a mark for happiness, we would love to hear from you. Send us a message on the app where you're listening, or you can send us an email at weirdlifestylepod at gmail.com. And let us know your thoughts on what is happiness. What, how do you measure that? How do you, how do you know when you're in it? I think that's the trick, right? Mm -hmm. Because how, how do you preserve a moment right. any other way than like presence? Presence in a moment is the only tool that I know that really like elongates what that joy, you know, that, that maybe what that space for joy could be mm -hmm. you can be really present and that's something that we just don't learn we don't learn that in our society right like we're not taught how to be present in fact we live in this world that's so full of distraction mm -hmm. and of external validation seeking and so much of it is based on the outside world that we don't really know how to give ourselves that presence. And if we can't give that to ourselves, can we truly give that to someone else? That's very true. And what came to mind for me is we're also very future-based. Yeah. I feel like society, at least the Western world that we live in is, well, you have to go to college, you have to get married, you have to have a family, you got to get into a good profession. So you make good money, you got to do XYZ. And it's always like, what is your next big thing? So you're always looking at the future. And you're not like you're distracted by that. That is a complete distraction. Yeah. Yeah, kind of looking at like what's the next new shiny thing. Yeah. Of like being really fully present with where you are and what you have. And I think honestly, like that's my favorite part about doing this podcast is being able to have these conversations in like a way that's very present because we don't, we're not really taught that. We kind of have to figure that out for ourselves and it can be really tricky. Yeah. Yeah. But also to be fair, like we're in our 30s. <laughs> And I am coming very quickly upon my 40s and reaching that stage of not giving a shit what anybody thinks. And maybe that's where joy comes from is just not caring anymore. <laughs> oh, but how do you not care? <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, like, I've always heard the saying that the closer you get to the end of life, it kind of goes like a roll of toilet paper that that goes faster and faster all the time. And once you get closer to the end of it, you're like, what do I really need this for? Right? No, <laughs> I just don't true. give a shit anymore. Like I don't, I've learned not to care. And a lot of that also comes from like understanding my own energy through like learning human design and working with my own experiment. Like I've been in that for the last five years. Yeah. And the more I've learned about myself, the more I have learned that nobody knows anything about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> that's true always like this never-ending hole right that you just keep thinking and there's no bottom and we're always changing so yeah. you're you're never the same person like yeah you wake up every day and it there could be very like slight changes that you don't notice to drastic changes and you're yeah, yeah you're always changing so maybe you're always learning about yourself yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I don't think that we're even like, I don't think we're even the same people from moment to moment. Mm. 
-hmm. you know, and, and it's really interesting. I started reading, so we can do a book update, I guess. Yeah. Um, I started reading No Bad Parts by Dr. Dick Schwartz. And it's very interesting because it's almost like I've never considered my personality to have multiple pieces, mm -hmm. I guess. But this book, as you work through it, you kind of learn that there really are multiple pieces of yourself. And the more that I recognize them and bring that awareness to them, the more I'm like, oh, okay, like in this moment, this part of me is what's actually showing up. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in this other space, maybe it's more of this other piece of my personality that is really like running pilot and everything else is kind of in the background doing mundane tasks or whatever. It's like different parts of you lead in different moments. And um, I've known people in the past who have said that that's filtering. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily see it the same way. Like, yes, it can be, but are you being intentional in the moment with which piece of you you're allowing to lead? Yeah. Because if you're being intentional, then is that filtering or is it coming from a place of respect? No, I totally agree because there's some people, I think we might've talked about this before or I'm having a deja vu moment, but there's <laughs> some people that you, you do have to filter yourself out of respect. If it's an older person, you know, or you have to like pick your battles. Right. And right. there are times where you have to be more on or more professional or more, um, maybe you have to hold back in a conversation or, but when you're with your friends, for example, like the people, and I'm talking like friends that could be your sisters or brothers, like you, sure. your close inner circle, you don't have to filter yourself as much. Like you could go all out and say what you want. Yeah. But maybe the word filter is more of, dare I say, a negative connotation. Like it's more just being selective and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Unless it's like you're altering your personality for other motives or reasons, but sure. Well, and I think there's a fine line, right? Yeah. Like there's a fine line between those things, between being like <laughs> operating as like a narcissist, right? It's quite a different thing than being very intentional with you know, what kind of energy you want to bring into a space or conversation or, you know, like in, in the instance yeah. you have to hold space for another person, clearly you're not going to come in and like be real salty about your own opinions when you're holding space for someone else. Right. I right. Don't know. I think that there's, it's a much deeper discussion that mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people are not ready to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. So I do really love that book to put it, put a bookend on that. <laughs> the book has been very helpful. Um, also, I have some people very close to me who do have some personality. Um, I don't want to call it what society would call it. So I would say maybe their mental fitness is not where they would like it to be. Okay. So we're just going to say that some people who are very close to me that I love very much are wrestling with that. And I got the book actually, so that I could try to be more supportive to those people in my life. That's and, awesome. and it's very eye opening for me. So yeah, it's, it's an excellent read, super easy on, I think on Kindle, it's like $3 to buy the book. Nice. And there's a lot of really good um, exercises 
uh-huh. to do like to identify like what the different parts of your personality are when they run pilot and when the other ones kind of sit back and it's very interesting but you also know me as a person that <laughs> I will never not be reading something about how to be better in life yeah. I will always be reading about that <laughs> that's awesome well I have a copy of the witch wound that I still need to read so yes. you recommended that one to me so I'm excited Excellent for that. Book. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited for you to read it and then we can do an episode where we talk about it because it's such a good subject. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll do that. As far as me, I read a lot last month. No, wait. September, in October, October or September? I read a lot in September. Okay. October, I think I finished one book. Um, I went from like 14 books to one <laughs> and I haven't really picked up a book this month in November, but I started Outlander. I'm about 40 mm-hmm. pages in to- I was gonna ask you if you started that. I did, and How not very it? far. I'm like 40 pages to 850, so. Holy cow, that's a big <laughs> So um, I've been more on a movie kick, which is fine, so. Well, but yeah. it was spooky October. I totally get it. Like I've been watching ghost shows almost nonstop. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. TV is kind of winning me over right now. And that's okay. Like, I don't, I'll get back into reading, you know, it's no biggie. I actually, I was reading Hamnet on audiobook, and I got like 3% in and I'm like, I'm not gonna read this. Like, I'm not gonna listen to it right now. I'm just not, not in the mood for audiobooks. Um, So yeah, that's kind of my reading update. I read, let's see, I read three books in the Daughter of Winter series last Mm -hmm. month, mostly because I was in the mountains and I did not have access to literally anything else. So I got the first three books of the series and started reading. And the first book I felt was really, really good. But the more that I got into the second and third book, it was challenging because I have a profinity for recognizing patterns, Mm -hmm. which can be detrimental when you're reading a long series of books. (laughs) So not only did I start to notice the patterns of the writer, but I also started noticing the patterns of phrasing that she would use. Yeah. And, And when it's the same phrase used to describe the same three things in like six chapters it kind of gets to where i'm like okay can't keep reading this like not to say anything bad about her and the story is really good it just was hard for me to continue reading so i kind of stopped there even though the story was great i just the repetition was getting to me and so i stopped reading it but i can say that the story is very well put together the books are quite short unfortunately So the three books that I read, I literally read those in within a weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. So oh yeah. They're, I think they were like two fifty in. Oh I think yeah. They were around two two fifty for page That's numbers. So yeah. So pretty easy to get through. Um, but unfortunately, a little bit predictable. I don't know if I'm going to finish the series. Oh. Unless that changes, I don't think I can do it. And 
you know, I, this is why I read <laughs> improvement books. <laughs> no, that's fair. Repetition in those. It's and, all about the self, you know, and it makes it easy to work through. <laughs> but once you see those patterns, I know exactly what you're talking about. Once you see them, you can't unsee them. Yeah. And it's like, uh, and then it just feels like you're trucking through and you're like, yep. I got to get to the end, but and then you find yourself yeah. like skipping pages and yeah. And I don't want to do that. If I'm going to buy a book, like I want to, I want to really be into it and like really mm -hmm. read it. I've had, I've only had a few in the last little while that I've read that were non, non-fiction. No, that were fiction. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that trips me up every time. <laughs> no, I feel you. Um, most of what I read is non-fiction, but yeah there's been a few that I've read that were fiction and they've all kind of been in that same vein mm -hmm. where there's like phrases and things that I've noticed that the, the writer of these books really prefers to use. Yeah. And it, it loses me every time, which is unfortunate. So um, I do think I would like to read Outlander, but I'm going to, I'm going to let you read for a little while and you can yeah. tell me if it's worth reading. <laughs> I will. Oh, one update is I'm engaged. So, um, oh yes. yes, yes, I'm I'm engaged now, and uh, my fiance a couple years ago now bought me the first four books. Oh, nice. Collection. So I have the first four to read, and then okay. I plan to just uh, go to a used bookstore or audiobook the rest of them because there's a lot now. Like, yeah, I don't want to say a number because I'm probably wrong but there's over 10 yeah i'm pretty sure there's like 12 to 16 yeah so and i i've seen the show but i'm behind by probably three or four seasons at this point which is fine because it's it takes a while season i've really, not watched yeah. past that yeah yeah the first season's rough it's Very. good but it's rough but there's character establishment that takes place. And I think that yeah. that's, we don't, we often don't give these stories that are so deep and rich and full. And like this one that has so many pages, right? Yeah. Like these stories take so much longer to get going. And so it's really hard to stick with them long enough for that development to take place so that you actually care about the characters. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think because I've seen the show, I I already know like what happens for up to what I've seen. So right. it's like, okay. And it's more like, I like to compare shows and movies to the books if it's based uh -huh. on a book. So it's like, okay, how is this going to be different? How is this going to be the same? Is it like spot on or did they, is there some creative liberty with one or the other? So sure. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I need to pick it up again. It's been a minute, but yeah, you'll have to let me know how it is. Cause mm -hmm. I remember um, when we were at the beginning of October, you were telling me you were going to read it and I said, I'll get it and read it with you. And then I saw how big that book was. October is like my busiest month of the year. Yeah. And I spend more time away from my house in October than literally any other time. So yeah, I was like, mm, I don't think I have time to read this big ass book. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I'll read it like in the winter when I'm home. Yeah. Okay. So back to happiness. Yes. Let's come back <laughs> around to the subject now that, <laughs> now that we're taking a nice tangent onto books. <laughs> well, and 
it, it just goes to show that things change, you know, like in September books were making me happy. I was on a roll. October kind of fell off the bandwagon and November not really on the bandwagons and that's okay. You know, yeah. You gotta roll with the punches. You got to go with the flow. And I have been bullet journaling. So that's been my happiness, like my joyful activity that brings me contentment and joy and peace. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, mine fluctuates pretty drastically. I'm going to attribute that to being a manifesting generator and not that I may or may not have ADHD brain. Like <laughs> It's always something different, you know, from even from day to day, it's something different for yeah. me, but I have learned, especially in the last probably 10 years that one thing that will always bring me into a space of, we'll say contentment because it, it satisfies something in my soul is mm -hmm. creating something like I, I used to tell my husband when I was, when we were first married, I think I've mentioned this before that I needed to make something like mm -hmm. I just, there's this pressure on my soul that I need to make something with my hands. Like I have to be, I don't know if it's like for a long time it was sewing. Mm -hmm. I used to sew a ton. Um, and back, like back when my kids were tiny and I was broke and had nothing, <laughs> I used to sew their Christmas presents. So, um, one, one year when my son was quite young, I stayed up until like 4am sewing his Christmas present. He just wanted a robot so bad. Oh. And I had this recycled fleece that my grandmother had kept for years and years. And when she passed, all of her sewing stuff came to me. Yeah. And so I took this fleece that she had and like pieced it together and made this little squishy robot guy. Cause I kept thinking about it and I was like, I, like, I, I couldn't, I genuinely couldn't afford to buy him. Right. 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 And, and also like this kid, he was like four and he was obsessed. He loved Batman and robots and like Batman was a really difficult toy to allow him to go to sleep with. So right. I was like, if he has this soft robot. Like that's going to be Aww. okay. I took a bunch of recycled stuff from my grandmother's sewing and made him this little robot and he loved it. That thing went everywhere with him for like oh. years. So, so you know, it, it, it was super cute. I'm glad he liked it. I was, it was like a, a shot in the dark, you know, that I was like, oh, I don't know if he's going to enjoy this or not, but Aww. yeah. But then I think back to, and like, this is still on that subject of happiness. Think about the times, like when my life was so hard. Yeah. And now that my life is not hard in the same ways, I almost wish for the simplicity of that, right? Mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of, and, and it's interesting, we kind of talked about it before we hit record that currently in my present moment, I'm not in a happy space. Mm -hmm. This is an interesting topic to talk <laughs> about when you are not <laughs> in yeah. that space. Um, there's a lot of things in my life that are very challenging right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm in a really hard spot and I've been having this reflection for the last couple of weeks. And I'm sure that it has to do with like eclipse season and all the other planetary shit that's happening. But I just, I'm really going through it. And this has been rolling around in my brain a lot where I've just felt like, how do I get that simplicity back? 
you know, so that my life is not so complex and complicated because there's like an ache for that simplicity in my life. I know through like creating things, I can kind of soothe that a little bit and I feel that need. And I've kind of talked about it a little bit like on my Instagram and in our Patreon group um, that I tend to do things kind of seasonally. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, where that comes from, but, but fall and winter are kind of my creative season. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of perfect the way that this is all coming together right now at this moment. And I recognize yeah. that, but there's also this really challenging spot, you know, like yeah. where, where things feel really shitty right now and I'm frustrated. And I know that frustration is a sign to pivot. Mm. So, so let's talk about the other side of the coin, which is being not happy. Right. Yeah. And, and feeling like discontentment and frustration and, you know, any of those kind of more negative emotions, like being in that space, I recognize because I know myself well enough that this is a sign for me to pivot into something or to shift my energy from this thing that is very frustrating and draining for me currently into something that does bring me joy. And so mm -hmm. what that has been for the last couple of weeks is putting myself more into the space of like building and growing a business or doing something creative. Like I've been knitting a ton. I've been, uh, which is another thing that's like one of those weird hobbies that I just picked up. Right. Like it's like sewing or whatever um, or electroplating or whatever or sculpting or there's like a thousand different things that I do because I am a manifesting generator, yeah. but but there's always something that I'm like, okay, like there has to be something that I can create. Like that creativity is always like pushing on me yeah. and, and there's a desire for that. And I noticed that in the times that I feel really unsatisfied in other places, I lean more heavily into that space of creativity. And that seems to be the thing that often will resolve the discontentment. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And it's bringing up some questions that maybe we can share our answers with our listeners about like what do you do when you're not feeling content what do you do when you're not happy and what are you what do you do when maybe you're spiraling or you're sad or you're just not feeling like yourself and also like what can you do to get out of it and what what happens because i'm someone so you just said you're not in a good space right now you're not feeling mm -hmm. happy content but you are frustrated by something so you acknowledge like you, you're aware that something needs to change so yeah. what do you do for someone like me for example i know i have a feeling but i can't always put a name to it and therefore i don't know how to change it so if you can't put a name to it what, what can you do to change something? You know, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, I'm going to answer it with a question. Do you want the coaching answer or do you want the human answer? They're not super different, but the approach is slightly different. Let's do both. What would the coaching okay. answer be? And then what would the human answer be? So as a coach that works with human design, as like a baseline for who you are and a person, you know, like knowing what your energy works like for you specifically, because your throat is undefined. <laughs> I would say 
you need to probably have someone in your life that you trust deeply ask you yes or no questions. You're a generator. So the easiest thing is going to be for somebody to say, okay, do you feel frustrated? And if you're like, hmm, that's not it. Okay. So then we know that it's not that. And we can move to a different emotion and we can say, do you feel sadness? If it's mm -hmm. not sadness, then we can say, okay, are you feeling like something is out of alignment? Mm -hmm. Are you feeling like something missed the mark is something falling short is you know there's a lot of questions that you can come up with that are a yes or no answer and your body will respond before your mouth does you oh, will wow. feel it in your body so that's what mm -hmm. i would say especially for like my generator peeps like if you're a generator or a manigen you've got to have a person in your life that you can trust that can sit down and just be like okay are you feeling this get out your emotional ladder yeah. And start and just ask questions. Is this what you're feeling? And your body will respond. The emotion will would be a good reference for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Either one of those are excellent tools for that. And that would be, for me, that's the coaching answer. Uh -huh. That's the good place to start for anybody, really. Like if you're having a hard time putting uh, words to whatever emotions you're feeling. Yeah. The human answer to that is, I think you you have to talk it out yeah right like that's really like talking about the events that have taken place often is the thing that will connect the dots because the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere of the brain are allowed to communicate with each other through that right journaling is also awesome for the same reason mm -hmm. so that's what i would say like from a human level like if you don't want the coach answer go with the human answer which is let your brain communicate with itself because you can sort it out it's just going to take longer yeah I think me personally, I have to talk things out mm -hmm. and I tell my therapist that it's like I come to a lot of like aha moments when I'm just talking. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay, that's how I'm feeling. I just needed a sounding board to help yeah. me get there. But that's so common, honestly. Like, I think that it's absurd that we ever expect the majority of people to not need to talk things out in order to figure them out. Like you, you might right. think that you're feeling one way, but mm -hmm. really, so like for me, I was feeling in the last couple of days, I was really angry. Mm -hmm. Anger is not a common emotion for me. I don't spend a lot of time there. It's very confusing, but I also understand that anger is a secondary emotion, right? And it's yeah. secondary to fear and sadness. And as I was talking it out, I, re I realized I was feeling both of those things. Mm. I was feeling fear on a very deep level and sadness because I had been misunderstood in a way that I did not expect. Right. So that kind of unraveled, you know, and, and it gets to mm -hmm. a different place. And then, and then it's just frustration because I'm like, oh, that's stupid. You know, <laughs> like, and then, and then I'm just like, I'm irritated. And then I move up that ladder into like indifference where I'm like, whatever, it's not my circus. It's not my monkey. I'm not going to worry about it. Right. It just takes me a long time. And I say a long time because it'll take multiple days for me to move from yeah. frustration to indifference. And yeah. I do have to soundboard a lot. Like I, yeah. I will yell and like the profanities. <laughs> I honestly, like, I just have to get it out of my system. Yeah. Out, then I'm fine. 
Mm -hmm. And it doesn't bother me anymore. Like today I'm feeling much better. And this was just a couple of days ago that I was in that position, but it really sucked. And yeah. I was pissed. I was furious. I haven't been that angry in a very, very long time. Yeah. And I don't live there. So that's a foreign thing for me to experience. So yeah, it's weird. Like I think that a lot of people actually need a sounding board. So it's important for you to get to know yourself on a deep level so that you can trust the people who also know you because they know you on that deep level too, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody needs a person who can hold space for them. Yeah. And you'll know who those people are. Yeah. And I think it's also important to say that if you're not feeling like yourself or you're not in your happy, content, joyful, headspace, optimistic even, it's okay to acknowledge those feelings, yes. but don't, don't sit in them too long. Right. Um, I always tell my kids, I'm like, you can have these feelings. It's totally yeah. normal. It's part of this human experience. Yeah. Just you don't want to discredit that and ignore or ignore it. Right. right. I'm not, I'm never going to try to bypass somebody. Like it's yeah. okay for you to be really frustrated. It's okay yeah. to be angry about things. Like this is all part of being human. And yeah. it's such a beautiful piece of this really rich experience to experience all of the emotions, the full spectrum. Right. But we don't set up camp there. And that's what right. I keep telling myself. Like the last couple of <laughs> days, I'm like, okay, well, I moved to this section. So I'm walking through very slowly, but I'm not setting up camp in any of these places because I choose to set my camp in much higher emotions. I would right. rather set my camp up in joy. It feels yeah. way better to live there. It's harder to get there sometimes. I'm not going to negate that for anybody. Yeah. But like once you reach that point, I would much rather set or even set my camp up in indifference, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's where I am now. I'm comfortable setting my camp up there. Yeah. That makes sense. So, I like yeah. that. I like I would that. Just say, like don't 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 soundboard to somebody who is gonna bypass your feelings. You right. need someone who can hold space, allow you to feel what you need to feel, and then maybe like talk to you through this process and help you come up on the other side of it where you're feeling a little bit better. And it doesn't have to be a coach. Like just because I, I do this doesn't mean that like, I'm not going to do that with my friends. I mean, you know, yeah. I've spent plenty of time with you where <laughs> like either of us are in a negative headspace and like holding that space and allowing those feelings to come to the surface and be acknowledged and dealt with. You don't stay in them very long. It's when you right. try to shove those down and not deal with them or like push them away that like yes. those become big, ugly monsters at some point. It'll, it'll explode. It'll be that mm -hmm. soda can in the Mentos. It'll just yeah. explode eventually. And that's why I try to show myself kindness in those moments and allow myself to feel what I'm feeling, but I don't want to camp there. I really like how you worded that. I don't want to live there. I want to be happy and joyful. And I straight up just want to be optimistic. I want to have an optimistic outlook. And yeah. that's my goal, right? Right. So, yeah. But I, I think, so journaling, talking it out, take the emotion wheel out. You can look it up on Google. I have one I printed out years ago that I reference with my therapist all the time. And... I think even gratitude. I don't do that enough. I really should do it more. I know you said you do it like every morning. You do a gratitude list. Yeah, I started when the when we got sent to work from home during the pandemic. I started then because I was like, 
I was like, I was deep, dark spiral. Like that was rough. It was scary. Um, it scary was, times. it wasn't even necessarily the scary part for me. It was that the isolation, man. Yeah. The isolation kicked my ass. I yeah. am an extrovert to the extreme. I love people. I love being around people. I feed off of that energy. I love interacting and learning people's stories and like all the things. And we couldn't do any of it. And that felt so heavy to me. It was really, really yeah. difficult to get through just the first few weeks. I was like, I was literally listening to Sam Smith in my kitchen, sobbing my eyes out cooking dinner because I was like, I'm never going to see my friends again. It was so hard for me. And I don't know why it hit me like that. Um, I was still like my mother-in-law was still alive and I was still her caregiver. So I was like, I have these really rich, beautiful relationships in my life. But that like flipped a spin on everything. And and I was in a dark spot for a long time. That makes sense. I mean, it was uncertain times. We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know when we can see people again. So it makes yeah. total sense for you to feel those things. It was, sure. it was very scary. So I totally, I totally get it. But gratitudeless help. It just helps you realize the good in your life. Yeah. And I need, like I said, I need to do that more. And, and not in a way necessarily to say like, don't bypass your own feelings either, yeah. right? If you're feeling sadness, you can just be grateful that you have the capacity to feel that. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that from the perspective of like, I was on medication for over a decade that prevented me from feeling emotions. Mm -hmm. And going through that experience, I remember having the conversation with my husband where I said, I would rather feel everything than nothing. Yeah. And I just felt like this hollow shell of a person. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is weird. Like, and, and to think, I mean, we know we have tons of people in our society who are, are on medications who do that very thing for them. And mm -hmm. if you're in like a traumatic situation, it's almost, it's almost the easiest way to navigate that, right? Like to yeah. not have to deal with all those emotions. But my own personal perspective on that was coming out of it. It was like, the coke and mentos like once mm -hmm. I, once i started feeling one thing i was feeling everything and it there was yeah. no stopping it it was just coming out i was crying about everything i was angry mm -hmm. i was sad i was laughing like my husband <laughs> he was like what is going on with you oh. and i was like i really don't know <laughs> yeah it was well, really hard and it's taking your body i mean after that long to yeah you're basically regulating yourself again with your emotions yes. and feeling them all. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, and that's not to say like, if, if medication works for you, I'm happy for you. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, you should always trust whoever you're working with to give you the best advice. Mm -hmm. Don't take my advice for that. Like huge disclaimer here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like just us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so how would you say, I'm going to ask you your own question. What is your best method for pulling yourself out when you get into a spiral? Oh goodness. Uh, when I get into a spiral, I honestly just let myself feel those feelings and I do talk it out. So I have you, I have a couple other friends. I have my partner. I let myself voice these things out and I'll often journal about it. Um, kind of like I said before, but I just, I let myself 
ride out those feelings, to be honest. Um, I'll try to maybe watch a show or a movie or something on YouTube that I don't want to say distracts, but it kind of does. It just kind of helps, mm-hmm. you know, it helps you focus on something else. Going outside in nature, going for a yeah. walk helps. Getting really comfy and cozy, you know, maybe having a tea or I think sticking to routines helps to, you know, and, and try to just force yourself to get up and out of bed. Yeah. If you're, you know, someone who stays in bed when you're sad and it's just doing the little things. If it's brushing your teeth, that's a win. If it's getting dressed, that's a win. It just one step at a time when you're in a spiral. You're like that. And yeah, just acknowledging like to hit, hit it on the head again, you know, the friends you can open up to don't open up to a friend who's going to not really hear you. You know, I think we've all done that where we only going to make you feel worse. Right. Yeah. 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 Like open up to the right friend and you, you'll know who that is. Yeah. Life kind of has a way of showing you who the people who will show up for you are right. Mm -hmm. Like, over and over again, if you have like a resounding person who like shows up every time, mm-hmm. then that's your person. <laughs> if yep. you have like a handful that show up every time something goes south, that's your people. Yeah. If you have people who are like, oh, call me if you need anything. And then they don't show up when you need them. You kind of have learned that those may not be your people. And that's not mm-hmm. to say that like life circumstances can't. be part of the equation but yeah I think I think that you kind of figure that out yeah I don't know for for me the one thing that always always even in my darkest moments and I've had some pretty pretty dark spots in my life Mm -hmm. the one thing that's been consistent that's always pulled me out of a spiral is music yes that's a great answer for me yeah every time there's There's a song, um, East Forest and John Hopkins mixed in uh, Ram Dass talk into like a meditation. And if mm-hmm. I am in like a real shitty mood, that's my go-to song. And that mm-hmm. one, it's, what is it called? I can't even remember. I have a whole playlist that's just called Gratitude. And it's the first song. It's called Sit Around the Fire. Oh. And it's about, it's Ram Das talking about how each of us, I mean, his, his main message was always, we're just walking each other home. And I love that. But this message is that every person has a small ember inside of them. And when you discover it, you baby it, you fan the flame and you take care of it. And eventually you learn that the people who are in your circle are just sitting around that fire with you, taking care of the fire with you forever. And I love that message. And it's a nice reminder to bring me home to myself Mm -hmm. where I can drop into my heart and just be like, okay, like the world, sometimes people are really shitty, right? Like you can't get away from that. People are going to do stupid things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like when you, when you live your life from a heart space, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to allow people to people Mm -hmm. because they're going to, whether you are part of the equation or not. Yeah. They're going to continue to do stupid things. So all you can take care of is you, right? And and you know who your fire tender people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, I love that, that message. That, that's a really good point. 
music for me has always been where I feel most understood. And you and I know what that feels like because that's in our charts where it's like we feel just so misunderstood all the time. Mm -hmm. And music, like there's certain songs where it's like I am heard, they understand me. And yep. yeah, it's definitely listen to music. I don't listen to music enough and I really should. I am listening to music constantly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good. I, I always have it going. It's either going in a headphone, it's going in my background. Um, and lately, well, not lately, it's been a couple of years, but like my go-to stuff has been Hozier. Mm -hmm. I love his music. It's beautiful. It speaks to my soul and there's layers to yes. the lyrics. And lately the kick has been the song unknown. And I think, I think that that one describes so well what it's like to exist um, as a fifth line mm -hmm. in human design. So I'm going to pull up the lyrics so that I can tell you the words to this song because they're intense. Okay, he says, you know, the distance never made a difference to me. I swam a lake of fire. I would have walked across the floor of any sea. Ignored the vastness between all that can be seen and all that we believe. So I thought you were like an angel to me. Funny how true colors shine in darkness and in secrecy. If there were scarlet flags, they washed down in the mind of me. Where a blinding light shone on you every night and either side of my sleep where you were held frozen like an angel to me. It ain't the being alone. It ain't the empty home, baby. You know I'm good on my own. You know, it's more the being unknown. And that line, I get to that part in the song and I'm a mess. Like, I'm just sobbing. Aww. And he says, so much of the living love is the being unknown. Yeah. So it's like, this song, that's the first verse. You guys can look up the rest. But all the words in this song, like, I've looked up the meaning behind it. And it's so much deeper than I thought it was. But the words speak to my soul on a level that... <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me, but that song will make me cry every time I hear it because I have felt so much through my own life, just like you said, like yeah. people do not understand me because nobody ever looks past their own projection to see the core of who I am. And there's nothing in me that would desire more than to be seen at my depth. Yep. Amen, sister. <laughs> it's tough. So if you're fifth yeah. line, we see you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's hard. It's it's really hard. And that's something I've struggled with my entire life. Mm -hmm. Of course you have, because you're also a fifth line. <laughs> but this yeah. is the hard part about like leading from that heart-centered space, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm trying so hard for probably, well, at least the last five years. Because that was the first thing that anybody ever told me about my human design when I got it. Right. I stumbled on it was that everything I do comes through my heart and I've never yeah. felt so seen in my life. I was like, Oh wow. That oh. makes a lot of sense. Like yeah. a lot of sense. And now like to to have that knowledge as I move forward and as I'm, I'm trying really hard to continue to drop into that space. Cause I've lived so much of my life stuck in my own head and rolling around mm -hmm. with thoughts and, and projections and ideas of what people want me to be and all of this mm -hmm. stuff. And, 
that will put you not in a happy place very quickly. But I've learned that leading from my heart makes me feel so much more joy than leading from my head ever did. So the more that I can bring myself to that space, the better I feel. But the other challenges, like that projection field is always there. So and how I, do you navigate that? I think also the projection comes when you're young too. Oh, and a lot. Yeah. Reach that, that going up the you, that's yeah. when you let go of those projections and you're yep. living your authentic yeah. life. I agree. And I think like that's my goal now. It's to mm -hmm. let go of those, which is why I think I just don't give a shit anymore. Like, it's like, cool story. Like, that belongs to you. That's yep. not me. I know myself because I've done a lot of work to know myself now. And I'm not going to let anybody else's ideas of, like, who I should be or what I should be doing or where I should be in life. None of that is going to have anything to do with where I'm actually going or what I actually want to do. And I'm leaning more into, like I said, like that heart space where I can, I can do things in a loving way that doesn't negatively impact the people who are close to me in my little inner circle, my little fire tenders, you know, that are there with me. So I think that once you get older, it's just a lot easier. And also just knowing your human design is eye opening in itself. I remember That's when true. you first, told me about it and you were introducing me to my chart i was like i feel seen like this is me like i understand myself on a better level now so is there anything with gene keys that you wanted to mention as far as happiness yes. and joy and contentment yes for sure um so gene keys are like a whole separate layer of this entire conversation, right? We've talked a lot about human design and astrology. We haven't talked a lot about gene keys. I'm actually still pretty deep in learning it, but I did want to point out that in gene keys, each of the gates that we discuss in human design, um, they have what in gene keys is called the shadow, the gift and the city. And the shadow is kind of that lower frequency in how that gate manifests. The gift is the mid frequency and the city is the high frequency. So the shadow is kind of these negative emotions that we've talked about earlier, like the frustration, the anger, the sadness, like all of these things. We spend a good deal of time in the mid range of this, which is the gift, right? So if you are familiar with even just your human design, you can take a look at on the left side of the chart, the top two placements are your sun and your earth. And on the right side of the chart, the same two placements. And that's going to give you what is called your incarnation cross. That also is going to give you your genius sequence and gene keys. So you can take a look at those things and see what the shadow, the gift, and the city of those specific frequencies are, or specific gates are. So you can get familiar with the frequencies. So I love that you're talking about just striving for contentment because that's that mid-range, right? We don't want to stay too long. We're not setting up camp in the lower range and we're not trying to reach for the highest range all the time. We simply can't exist there, right? Not right. long term. 
you can experience that from time to time. And that's how you know, like that you're in a really good high moment where like things are working, you feel great, you're super connected, you're really present with your life. That's where that's going to start showing up. Um, but that mid range is really where we spend a lot of time. And I do love that you have pointed out that you strive for that contentment piece, because really, we should be spending a lot of time in studying just what those gene keys are and trying to strive for that mid-range, which is the gift of those placements. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Because you can't you can't live in the lowest lows and you can't live in the highest highs because you're right. always going to strive for that. And it it I would imagine it would become almost like an obsession. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. not healthy. No, for sure. And I personally believe that feeling the range of emotions is such a gift, right? And some of that comes right. from like spending so much time not feeling things. Right. Like living so much of my life, not being able to experience those things. So now being like really present in my body, having like a somatic experience where like today, because I had that really intense experience a couple of days ago and I was in similarly difficult emotions, I can feel that some of that is in my sacral. I can feel it. Like it's uncomfortable. My lower back really hurts. My SI joint, I have an issue with my SI joint. Um, it's really bugging me today. It's super uncomfortable. I know that movement is the only thing that's gonna fix that because what I need to do is move that energy from my sacral up and process it out of my body and the best way that i have found to do that are breath work yoga and you can do like somatic release through dancing if you follow mm -hmm. sad simone he has so much beautiful like expressive like dance stuff where he's like putting his hands over his head and shaking his whole body and like screaming and like all kinds of stuff but like everything has a release and that's how we move emotions through the body and and I'm beginning to recognize this now, but I have not spent a lot of time feeling present in my body. And so this is kind of a new yeah. experience, right? Like, right. so I, I recognize that that's coming up now and it's time for me to do like some movement or some, mm -hmm. maybe I just need to go outside and scream for a minute, you know, like a mm -hmm. primal yell somewhere <laughs> or yeah, whatever, like roll around on the floor and like move my body around to try to move this out and get it out of my system. Because what we hold on to is ultimately going to be the things that end up making us sick in the end, right? right? Like you're going to end up with, if I hold on to this emotion and I trap it in my body, later on it's going to manifest as something else because it wants to be recognized and released. Yeah. So and I think that that brings up a really good point about movement and dancing. Dancing is such a great way to let out those feelings like if you're yeah. feeling stagnant just dance or yeah. shake your hands you know that's a really good release or like you know flick your i'm like doing it i don't know <laughs> just it. like flick your fingers you know like yeah. or do some like stretches just move i think that's really that's such a healthy way to release some of those emotions especially if they're like anger mm -hmm. sadness like those really 
heavy hitting ones. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a way better way to release it than like exploding on someone, right? Yeah. And how yep. often do we do that? That we hold on to those feelings because we don't know what to do with them. And then later out, they come out and we explode on our loved ones. I am not mm -hmm. interested in living my life that way. Absolutely. So, so I will definitely go outside and like move my body around and try to move some of this through because I don't want that to be something that shows up as like a shadow somewhere. And, you know, now I'm like yelling at people or being unkind to anyone, yeah. you know, but again, like this is all feeling like the full gamut of what this human experience is. I mm -hmm. spent so much time in my life, like dismissing it or trying to push it away or put it in a box and stow it somewhere and not acknowledge it. And now, now that I have the experience of actually feeling it and acknowledging it and being pleasant with it, I don't want to do anything else. Mm -hmm. I just want to be present with whatever's coming up because it's here for a reason. Like I'm supposed to learn from this or I'm supposed to see something new. And that's, that's why I think again, happiness is always something that's moving. It's not something mm -hmm. that we ever reach permanently because it is like that city frequency where it's like the highest high and yeah. like you can't live there. Yeah. No, you can't. And that's okay. Yeah. That's, that's totally normal. Yeah. But I do love the idea too of like acknowledging the shadows, which is why I'm studying Gene Keys. I don't know. Carl Jung said that your shadows can only take you down from behind. So if you don't know what they are, then they're going to manifest, right? And like, you're going to be in these really shitty situations that ultimately like you may have created that situation and you don't realize it because you're not aware of your shadows. And I don't want right. to live life that way. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to continue studying that. I'm sure it'll be a topic someday in the future that we'll talk about it. <laughs> but absolutely. I would say like, even if you can just study your incarnation cross, those four points, that's just four things, you know, to be aware of, write them on a sticky note and put them somewhere so that you can see it all the time and remember like what frequency you want to stay in. That's a good, that's a good idea too. If you're, you're not feeling like your usual self, if you're feeling down, write affirmations or write your favorite mm -hmm. quote or your favorite song lyric and maybe put it as a reminder in your calendar. So you see it every day. It's an alert on yeah. your phone or write it on post-it notes and leave them around your house. Like that's actually another really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things I think that you can do that will support yourself when you're, when you're in like one of those lower moments, maybe for an extended period of time, all of those things are helpful just to have like little reminders of that positivity. Mm-hmm. And something also that's been helping me a lot is uh, meditations or ASMR videos and affirmations. So it's either affirmations that are already in videos I'm listening to or um, writing them down in my journal or, you know, saying them throughout the day. That has been very helpful. Yeah. And also... I think going back to your core friend group, like, or your, your, you know, your core people that you can talk to, they're going to lift you up because oh, they sure. see, and you're witness to this, they see in you <laughs> what you sometimes cannot see in yourself. And yes, that is a beautiful gift to have people in your life like that. Yeah, for sure. I think there is like a really cool exercise that you can do. And we did it in uh, one of my classes that we did earlier this year, where you can 
there's a series of questions and I'll put them in the show notes so that you guys can do this as a practice. If you'd like to, you can reach out to, I would say reach out to five people that you're close to because inevitably someone is not going to send you a response on this. Um, and it's a series of questions that you can ask them, which is, um, I think one of them is what do you see in me that you think I do not see in myself? And just having those answers. I love doing that exercise. Like, once a year or once every six months just to remind you of like how you are showing up in the world because we don't always see that clearly right like we see that through the lens of our own perspective right and it helps to have that clarity from someone or someone's that you trust yeah just yeah. the outside perspective for sure yeah and i when we did that exercise like it made me feel so good yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> it oh always God. does <laughs> yeah that's my favorite thing like i've i've done oh i think i've done five retreats now and each time that we've been there the one thing as a facilitator i always make sure that we do mm -hmm. is um at the end we do a closing ceremony where everybody tells you something about yourself, like what they have seen in you in the, you know, 48 to 72 hours that you've been together. And it's, it's interesting what people pick up. Yeah. Right? Like how they see you when you come in and who you become in such a short period of time. I yeah. love doing those kind of events because it's like my favorite thing in the world to see somebody slingshot forward, you know, into this much bigger, brighter version of themselves. And you can't achieve that if you're not in the kind of environment where that growth is really like fostered and taken care of. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I remember at the retreat I went to, that exercise was really fun. It's especially fun when it's people you don't really know. Like I only knew yeah. you yeah. and having people's feedback about me after just meeting me a couple days before I was like that it's almost like first impressions and first yeah. impressions are so important it just made me feel so warm and fuzzy inside so that, yeah. was, that was awesome especially like Terry Terry is like <laughs> phenomenal as a human being I absolutely adore this woman and yes. we literally knew her for a half hour before we did that exercise and she yeah freaking spot on like her cool. intuition is off the charts that was so cool so cool we have to have her as a guest someday absolutely i would love that mm -hmm. oh, i'm sure she would be into it like she loves these kind of conversations such a cool lady yeah absolutely like she is who i want to be when i grow up i was like, just gonna I say love Harry. i was just gonna say that <laughs> but yeah she was there and like just like off the cuff it was the coolest thing and, and sometimes you get those kind of people in those environments, right? The first one that I ever went to, there was a girl there that like she, her intuition, man. And I was like a brick wall when I showed up. I was, I was so nervous. Um, I, and this was like, I want to say it was September of 2021. So right before like my eclipse story started, which just wrapped up. So I was like baby stepping into this space. Like I had never been connected to a group of just women ever right. because that was such a 
it was such a wound for me because of like my childhood and growing up with my mom, like not being present with me. And, and she had her own stuff going on. I acknowledge that now and it's a lot easier mm -hmm. to see, but for sure, like being coming from that space and then going into a space where it's just women. And there was like 20 women mm -hmm. and, and I'm sitting there and I had taken, um, I had taken a friend with me to that retreat and we were sitting there and I was just like, I am so uncomfortable here. Like I had a really hard time being vulnerable. I didn't want to open up about anything. I didn't want to be seen. Mm -hmm. I didn't want people to acknowledge me. Mm -hmm. um, I was very out of my element and yeah. the friendships that I made there, I'm still friends with a lot of those people because That's awesome. they just saw me in a way that like I had never seen myself. I had just finished my coaching course. Um, I had, I had, let's see. Yeah. I had finished my coaching course. I had not yet taken Reiki. Mm. And there was one girl that I bumped into that I was like, I feel like I know you from somewhere. And this is one of the first times that that's happened where yeah. it was like, we for sure knew each other and we had never met. Wow. And I, it was interesting to be able to be present with that feeling. Yeah. That was such a cool experience. And we're still friends to this day. And during that retreat, she did Reiki on me. And that was the thing that made me want to do Reiki. Right. That experience was so profound. Um, awesome. Yeah, it was super cool. And then we did that, that um, exercise at the very end. And I was like, how, like, I was a brick wall, right? Like, from my own perspective, I saw that. And I was like, no, nobody's getting in. I'm not going to be hurt by somebody. Like, I don't want to connect with people. Uh -huh. Vulnerability is hard for me. Like, these are all the stories that I had been telling myself. Right. And each one of them saw something so different in me. And I was like, how did you guys even see this? Like, I didn't even talk to you, right? <laughs> like, I introduced myself and then I was, like, quiet and meek and, like, hiding in the corner and, like, yeah. on the outskirts of the group the whole time. And there were some of these women who were there mm -hmm. who were like, you have such a big, bright, beautiful soul. And I was like, how do you know that? Like, <laughs> I've literally spent five minutes with you. And the one girl, she's like, the things I've learned from you at this retreat, I'll never forget. And I was like, I literally talked to you for like 10 minutes. Like, what could you have learned from me? But, but you had that effect I, on people. Uh, I guess. I accept that. <laughs> yeah, you do. But I, I don't understand it. <laughs> right. But that's okay. Um, Cause it's for them, not you. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It was super odd, you know, like just, yeah, those experiences yeah. are always profound and, and yeah. life changing. And I love asking those questions, you know, mm -hmm. getting feedback about yourself because we see ourselves, like I said, through the lens of our own experience, we don't always see ourselves as just a human being. Our expectations that we set for ourselves are so much bigger than what we would set for someone else. Oh, for sure. And it's not fair that we do that to ourselves. Yeah. I'm not calling you out, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it's true, though. And I think we're all, everybody has expectations and yes. want to see themselves excel and do well. And when you don't meet your own standards, it gets very hard. Yeah, and that's why you have your core group of people to bring you back down to earth and yeah. to help motivate you in the ways that you need them to. So, yeah, for sure. Have yeah. them like bolster you up, you know, and be that scaffolding mm -hmm. when you can't hold yourself.
I've been playing around with my tarot and oracle cards and a lot of the ones that come up is community and relying on my community and letting them love me. And that's been very hard. That is hard. That is a hard lesson every single time. <laughs> We've calculated this a couple of times and talked about it. And I think I've shared it previously, but my life card is the um, empress. And that is, you know, allowing people to show up and be there and be present for you and to show you love and be open to receiving that. And that's a very uncomfortable place to be when you've had to be self-sufficient or if you have trauma or if you've been through like really hard things. So do you have anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up? I think we touched on a lot about happiness and what to do when you're not feeling your best. Tarot is another thing that I've been playing around with and it helps me journal. It helps. Oh, yeah. Gives you a focus. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to add. I would love for the audience and the listeners to write into us and let us know what your coping skills are and how you get yourself out of a rut or a funk and what also makes you happy and brings you joy. So that would yeah. be awesome. And then we could share it in, in a future recap episode. Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love to hear what anybody's, you know, coping methods and things are. And also, like, I would love to know, do you have the same perspective on this? Do you feel like happiness is a place that you can stay in for long periods of time? Do you feel like happiness is a place that you do reach or achieve? I'm open to, like, someone else's perspective, and I'm willing to be wrong. So I would love to hear how how you see this. Please write into us. Let us know what you think about this episode and any responses to our questions. And if you like this episode or any of our past episodes, please give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. It helps us out tremendously. And after every episode or on every episode, at least on Spotify, we do have a survey. So feel free to, you know, fill out the little poll, not a survey, a poll, uh, fill that out and write in to us at weirdlifestylepod at gmail.com. And we also have an Instagram, weirdlifestylepod. You could follow us there. And yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, what people have to say about it. And I'm excited for the next coming episodes because yeah. as everybody knows, we are very close to the holiday season and we're going to be talking about some traditions, obviously, because that is, you know, that's kind of what you talk about at this time of year. But we're also going to be talking about um, how to navigate that when you have a challenging relationship with your family. And I think that those are going to be some pretty important episodes. So please, if you haven't followed us already, make sure that you follow so you don't miss those. Um, they're going to have some good advice and tricks for navigating some sticky situations. This will be a good episode. I'm excited for it. I am too. I think it's going to be great. All right. We'll see you guys in the next episode. And I don't know, have a great day, I guess. <laughs> and find your happiness. Find your joy. Find your joy. Find your contentment. 